1: this is asinine radio this is the weekly music podcast where every week we get into a different band different artists and we listen to all of their records and we rank them from worst to best we're doing rush this week we're going to be doing all 19 of their records we listened to 19 fucking rush records um this week or over the last two weeks i should say and we're going to give our biggest banger from each of them possibly a stinker if we got them and uh, try to have a good time doing it Normally we do, we start with our six degrees of Tom DeLonge But I didn't do it this week Because wow, this is a lot This is a lot of rush, okay. a lot of rush this week we just
0: don't do our homework, that's fine
1: <laughs> And we're also starting, this is the beginning Of Canada season right now So the next four episodes This episode included obviously um, Will be uh, all about Canadian bands, so Canada season is in full effect, so stay tuned for that one mm-hmm. And um
0: yeah, so do you have a Six Degrees with Tom DeLonge? Did you do your homework? That's. Well, I mean, if, we, if we're going to be talking about it, we should be doing it, right? And I did do it. Okay, did you do it? Okay, what do yeah. you
1: got? This is where we connect our boy Tom DeLonge with the Band or Artist of the Week. So what do you got this week, Jeff?
0: Go. I, I thought you may do one, so I tried to do like a deeper cut one, but Jeff Jones, right? Everybody knows Jeff Jones from Rush. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> OG member. Everyone knows, yes, yes. Jeff Jones, he played in... Um, he, like, I tried to do the other guy from Rush, Rush's Rush, the drummer, but he didn't really do much. John Rutsky or something. But Jeff Jones is played or is playing Mike in Jones. the Burton's Cummings band. He's like a like a okay. band that he does. Burton Cummings, who's that? I don't know. He was in the Guess Who. right? He's a, he was a lead guitarist in the Guess Who. American okay. woman, mama can't me. Burton Cummings was in the Guess Who with Randy Bachman. Randy Bachman, <laughs> okay. right? BTO. Yeah. Bachman yeah. Turnover Overdrive. Yes. I'm just excited to talk about my six degrees here. Randy Bachman. You just happy to be here, man. His, his solo album, Survivor, had this guy Jeff uh, Jeff Porcaro on it as a drummer. I don't know who he is. But Jeff Porcaro played drums on a Springsteen album. Springsteen had who on who on drums on, on one of his later albums?
1: I don't who know. Do who? who do you
0: think? Who do you think? Jay Weinberg? Nope. Josh Fries.
1: What? Really? Josh Fries played with Springsteen? Leelzer? No shit. Loser? I had no idea. Yeah. Okay. Makes and sense, then, I guess.
0: And then here we are to, to Josh Freese. As, Josh Freese. As, as we, as we As we normally come around <laughs> to.
1: I try not to do Joshua Brooks too easy or even travis is too easy here's 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 where i here's
0: here's 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 what i do here's 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 what i do here's 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 what what i do i i I, when i do these ones i'm like man this is getting i'm in like four steps here i don't know where i'm going with this then then i start to look for so i had jeff precario that was already step four or four degrees and then i look for something that he's played on that i i know they've made a lot of fucking albums and recent albums and so then I saw yeah. he played With a lot of people This guy Jeff Procor Over the years And then I saw Springsteen I was like oh well, yeah Springsteen just came out The fucking album last year Like I it, probably, Josh probably Josh Freeze probably Played drums on it And then I had to go down Like three or four albums But yeah He played on one track On one of his albums So that's what I do I, I try to get a deep cut And then after a while I kind of get lazy And then like okay How can I How can I relate this To Josh Freeze
1: <laughs> It's a good idea It is a good idea <laughs> It works like yeah, almost Every time it. Makes sense. Yeah.
0: So that's what I got. Oh, that was stupid. fun. Good job. yours was also fun, equally as fun. Mine Maybe was great. More fun.
1: Mine was great. All right. Uh so let's jump into the rush stuff. You know, like I said, nineteen rush records. We listened to nineteen rush records and we're gonna rank them from worst to best. So what is the worst rush record for you? Go. Yeah. And we're gonna we're try probably, to keep these short because yeah, they're nineteen or, fucking records.
0: Some of these I only have so. one sentence for, but yeah, yeah, yep. number nineteen, roll the bones, fourteenth album, nineteen ninety one. What in the fuck is even this? That's 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 it. This is embarrassing <laughs> and silly. It's like this is like Prague guys who who are in a midlife crisis and just trying to sound like like Phil Collins or some shit. This is fucking terrible, absolutely terrible. <laughs> Goodbye. Oh shit! Wait one sec. Oh, what? Wait.
1: Why can I not find my rank? Can you imagine if I deleted all my rankings?
0: That would be that would be boring. For that would you suck, because dude. Because then. That's why you always get to have handwritten documents or something. I don't know. I don't know.
1: All right. So that was your number 19 is roll the bones. No banger, obviously. Yeah. Uh, 19 for me is power windows 11th record from 1985. Uh, They just fucking ramped up the sense on this one. It's cheesier. They're cheesier than ever. The drum tone is the typical eighties trash sound that I fucking hate. That's just, it's just sounds bad. The songs are weak not memorable it's just this is everything i just i hate i hate this kind of 80s style music it's just it's garbage so 19 power windows i mean especially coming off of fucking um moving pictures i mean that was four years prior but you know from that to this ugh, it's, ugh. it's bad it's bad so yeah 19 is power windows
0: for me okay. what do you got for for 18 power windows baby Eighty five. Okay. This is bad. <laughs> this is bad eighties rush that had zero redeeming qualities. Bad. Yeah, yeah. It's not even okay. <laughs> We're not even in the okay's yet. These are bad. These are bad records.
1: Agreed. Yeah. Not not even okay rush yet. All right. My eighteen is Roll the Bones, fourteenth record yeah. from nineteen ninety one. This it's this album is just it's not very good at all. There's so much U two. I hear so much U two going on here. Uh, and and we all know you know how much we we hate you too um everything just seems to be really dumbed down too it's just there was this lull where i feel like within rush for in the 80s and most of the 90s just this like lull in in i don't wanna say musicianship but just in making something exciting making exciting songs and, and that's what i hear here neil it just seems like he's going he's just just not doing anything like he just doesn't care he's going along with the not the flow, but just kind of the... What am I trying to say here? I don't know. Whatever. Neil just doesn't sound very good on this record. Okay. A lot more soaring choruses and parts and just... Really, the songs are shorter, more straightforward. And, and I don't think that's what they do best. They don't do short songs well. They do the proggy
0: stuff well. you so have only done one good short song.
1: Okay. Well, I guess we'll get into that. We will, eventually. Um, so, yeah. What's your 17? Go.
0: Um... Uh, the next like ten, I kind of just uh, whatever's so I could probably interchange them. I don't remember much, but "Test for Echo" their <laughs> sixteenth album from ninety six. Okay. This one, this one, this one started off mediocre and then turned into something that I fucking absolutely hated. And after a while, these songs blended together, and all I heard was like fucking Getty singing the whole the whole goddamn time. So that was that was my that was my note that I wrote for myself as I as I listened to this. I I have no recollection of this whatsoever. The test for echo, you said right? Yeah.
1: Okay, got it. All right. So my seventeen is "Hold Your Fire" from nineteen eighty seven, twelfth record. This is a a little bit more guitar, guitar driven than the last three records, which is always nice, um, especially with Rush because I mean, just God the the amount of synth that they were using. Even Alex Lifeson said at the time and even now that. They they were doing way too much of the synth stuff and some more bad drum sounds. I just don't like that sound. Um, Alex's guitar tone is very tinny. It's it's just not. It just it's a bad guitar tone. It's not the worst they've done, but um, I mean, I would never, I would never ever go back to this record. There's no, there's no reason. No, no yes, I, you should not. No reason. So. Yeah, Hold Your Fire is my 17. What do you got for 16?
0: Just at, at most, you should only be going if if you were to say you're going back to your record, at most there should only be eight records you go back to. At most.
1: <laughs> even that. Uh, yeah, I get yeah, eight is too much. I don't wouldn't even go back to eight rush records. Good. <laughs> um All right, 16.
0: What do you got for 16? Presto. Presto changeo. Presto. 13th, 1989. This I, I I don't remember anything about this. Just another notch in the belt. This is um, completely unmemorable, but the song Superconductor was on this, and that mm-hmm. song's fucking dope, dude. That was like a, a glam rock song without like it being over-the-top glam rock. It was just a good rock remember. song. And these guys, can, these guys can do fucking just good rock and roll music. They did it in their first record, and they did it in their yeah. last record. They can do good rock and roll music, and Superconductor was true. fucking rad.
1: All right, Presto is also my number sixteen. Um, there's just there's some cheesy synth stuff. It's not too overpowering. Um, they're kind of stepping away from it a little bit. They haven't gone full U two like they did on uh, whatever that record was I mentioned earlier. I can't even remember. Uh, Neil stepped it up a little <laughs> bit more on this one, um, especially since the last. <laughs> Neil stepped three... it up.
0: <laughs> so good.
1: <laughs> and isn't that fucked up to say? Because he's like one of the greatest drummers ever uh But I mean, uh, comparing it to like the, the previous three or four records, um stepped it up a little bit. Some songs remind me actually of Jane's Addiction a little bit, kind of the the, the riffage, the vocals a little really bit, kind of Jane's Addiction ish, Jane's Addiction ish. And I mean, it makes sense. Nineteen eighty nine. I mean, they're kind of they were pretty damn popular at the time. um But really, in the end, this this album's more forgettable than anything else. So I got no I banger on this one cares. either. Trash's so what do you got for fifteen?
0: It's awful. Fifteen, baby, counterparts. Their fifteenth album actually. Yeah, ninety-three. Okay. Interesting output. Uh oh someone's here bothering. What, you, what what's going on here? The, 3XL. the triple XL shirt? At home. Oh, okay. He got me a triple XL shirt that I will
1: <laughs> that you'll never
0: I'll, wear. I will grill into, I guess. <laughs> <So> anyway, <laughs> counterparts number fifteen, their fifteenth record, nineteen ninety three. This is uh, an interesting output. The instrumental parts were harder and a little bit heavier, but they blended like softer melodies and then Mm. they would eventually just turn into softer rocking songs. And so I liked what they were doing with the instrumental parts, but then like, why, why do you have to always end up in the same spot? Like why do you always have to end up being just like soft kind of like rock song? Because this is, this is grunge season right here and they could have put out a fucking rad album. But they did it. They yeah,
1: they could have really doubled down on the on the heaviness, the the dark tones of uh, grunge. So you sure. tell they
0: were, you could tell like, they were influenced at least partly by grunge of this era, yeah. but
1: bleh. which I'll get into when I get to to that record on my list. Blew. But 15 for me is Snakes and Arrows, 18th album from 2007. No banger. Um really this is not it's not a bad album, but it's just very forgettable. It's just really a half-assed a atten- half-assed attempt. I'm making a more modern and hard rock record with a tiny bit of prog. But other than that, I just, it's forgettable. I I really remember nothing from this except that it wasn't bad. So snakes and arrows from 2007. I'm, I'm over it. What do you got for 14?
0: Hold your fire. That's my 14. (laughs) Their 12th album, 1987. (laughs) (laughs) This one, this one was weird because on the one hand, I think the synth-driven '80s like pop albums are just fucking garbage. I hate Getty's voice so goddamn much when he's doing that type of music. It's it's silly and embarrassing. But he shares he and then like I on uh, he shares the lead vocals on on one of the tracks with someone else like some girl. And I was like, dude, that just there's no contrast. I can't even. Dial. It's it's like having um like Mark and Skeebs sing at the same time. Like, like fuck, they sound the same. What's the yeah. point? Shut the fuck up. But on the other hand, the band, sound, the band sounds tight. They sound tight. They sound like they're having fun. They sound like they did on Moving Pictures, and even before that, like when they're really kind of like setting into a groove on like Twenty One Twelve. This mm-hmm. may be like this may be the last time, besides their newest album, that they sounded really tight and and it's having a good time.
1: All right, all right. So. F- uh my number fourteen is uh Signals, ninth record from nineteen eighty two. Wow. Uh only only a year after um only a year after uh Moving Pictures, the album of the week. So uh this album is just covered in synth, really doubled down on it after moving pictures. Great performances though. I mean really everybody everybody did a great job. Um The Synth just adds too much of the cheesy eighties feel to the songs. So I never I would never go back to this. I just don't we can get it on vinyl if you really want to listen to heavy synth rush records just listen to fucking moving pictures it's all there um i do have a banger though the analog kid this is a faster more more rock and roll kind of song i mean i know it's layered in synth but there's some great guitar parts and and just alex rips it up on this song this is just a really good faster rock and roll song i really really dig uh, analog kid so yeah signals is my uh, my number 14 what do you got for
0: 13? 13, Snakes and Arrows, their 18th. I don't really remember much from this one. Um, The only really note that I had is I'd like this a little bit better than the other ones because it's a little bit more hard rock focused and there was just a lot of instrumentals. That's it. All right. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) That's it. That's the only reason why it's this high, I guess.
1: Oh, shit. All right. Uh, 13 for me is Grace Under Pressure, 10th record from 1984. No banger. Uh, This is barely a step up from signals um and the only reason is because there's a little bit less of the synth stuff the band seems a little bit more focused and then there's some like reggae thrown in there as well that reminded me a lot of the police so i i did like that they change it up a little bit and really it's barely above signals for me uh but yeah i have no i have no banger off of grace under pressure so okay What do you got for twelve?
0: We're flying through these, baby boy, dude. I I want to
1: because there's really nothing to talk about. Stupid. And 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 really too, like reading reading into each of these records, and there's a lot of there's uh, there's actually a lot written about each of these records. A lot of words, but it's just like a lot of it's just repeated shit. And it's just like this is what they were doing leading up to the record, and then there's not much written about the actual recording. It's just a lot of filler filler stuff and and, and from whatever from everything I was reading
0: a lot and of filler. this
1: isn't like a they're not like a party band so you get no like extracurricular stories no I mean they're just they're just normal dudes which is totally cool it's totally fine but it just didn't make for a good read no but whatever, uh, no, that's whatever. Right. so what do you got uh, for number 12
0: number 12 grace under pressure um, this came out right before power windows so there's a lot of similarities with this one, I felt they leaned into it like what I think was was Rush gone '80s, rather than just become like a full fledged '80s group. So Power Windows they just became an '80s group. This one is more like Rush has now is now doing '80s. he has some great bass tones. They went from like deep and rich to high and thin, and then like Neil just I I I have things to say about about him in the '80s and and just his progression and playing the drums. But I, I, I don't hate him on the electronic drums. I'll say that.
1: Okay. Okay. That's fair. But just that tone. Ugh. I hate it. Okay. So 12 was. Okay. So that was your 12. My 12 yeah. is Test for Echo, 16th record from 1996. So many goddamn records. Uh, no banger on here. This one just to me has a lot, has, has a wider range of influence, like m- modern influence at this point. I actually hear a lot of Primus. Um, I hear some Tool on here too. Just the, the kind of like darker prog rock that you hear with Tool. I, I hear it I hear it on this record. Um, but it also has a lot of alt rock sounding stuff too that you hear, heard in the, the mid 90s, like post grunge stuff. Um, I, I hear a lot of that on, on parts of this record. Um, and it has some of the heavier riffs from, honestly, some of the heaviest riffs they've done are on this record outside of, um, out, there's another Oh, what song? What album was it? I forgot. There's oh, one no, other no. record that has, like, some really heavy fucking shit, and I can't remember what it is. But anyway, there's some really heavy shit on here. Alex Lifeson really brought it uh, when it comes to uh, to his riffage. So, yeah, that's my uh, my number 12, Test for Echo. What do you got for 11?
0: Signals. Their ninth signals, record. Signals. I'll okay. tell you. I, I've had this on the vinyls, dude, like five times. And I've had so much rush on the vinyls so often, and I... I've tried to listen to it, and most of the time I get through, like, side A, and then I'm like, nah, 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 I'm good. I'm out. <laughs> but this time around, I like this a lot. I mean, it's ranked 11, so there's 10 more <laughs> records that are exponentially better, and I'll never go back to this. But this is a lot better uh, than I remembered it being recently. I mean, it's definitely an 80s output with lots of synth shit, but there's also a ton of, like, like Giddy's great bass playing, and it's woven into the melodies, so, like, the songwriting part of it is actually pretty amazing. But it's still an eighty okay. shitty fucking synth-driven Rush record. I don't care. So eh.
1: yeah, I just there's so much better Rush to listen to. Absolutely, there really is. All right, my uh, my number eleven is Vapor Trails, seventeenth uh, record from O2, and um, this uh, this album was they had taken a, a, a small hiatus because there was a Neil Neil Pert um, his daughter died in a car accident, a tragic car accident. And then his wife died like nine months later of cancer. And he says it was because she was the stress of losing the daughter, but he fucking lost his daughter and wife within a year. That's, That's fucking devastating. Now. It's devastating. So then he went, rode his motorcycle across all across the United States. He clocked in like 55,000 miles or something like that. He wrote a book about it eventually. Um, and then at the time, Getty and uh, and Alex didn't even know if Rush were going to continue after all the the stuff that had happened, and then um, Neil decided to come back, and this is what we get: we get Vapor Trails, Ar- arguably one of their heavier records. Um, this is this album is just fucking loud, and it was it was mixed and mastered loud. The band fucking hated it, fans hated it, so they ended up remixing it uh, and remastering it in 2013 because they just hated it so much because it was just so fucking it was too fucking loud, no dynamic to it, and even this remix, it sounds blown out at points it really like they couldn't save they couldn't save the original mix it does sound blown out but it's very it's much it's a heavier record my banger is secret touch just real heavy fast kind of aggressive song um the riff is awesome it reminds me of, of actually reminds me a little bit of primus during the anti-pop era the anti-pop record um which is my favorite primus record and uh so yeah i hear a ton of that and it makes sense 2002 anti-pop came out in 1999 good friends with the band uh so that all makes sense. Vapor Trails my number 11. What do you got for number 10? Top
0: 10 baby. Vapor Trails. <laughs> there we go. Dude, this one started off with just a certified banger. Absolutely yeah. great opening track. One little victory. That's 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 one of their coolest and hardest and most aggressive songs they've ever done. And it also showed us that like like Neil still slays at the drums. And is kind of almost better in in some aspects than he's ever been. And, like, we finally hear him do the double bass, like, fully on, like, full on showcase us, like, the double bass. Like, he's been hinting at it, and we heard it kind of in Fly By Night, but, like, this Mm -hmm. is just, like, right there in the front, double bass. Cool. The rest of the album kind of tapered off a little bit. It never, I don't think it ever recovered, so I don't think this is a good album. That, it just has some cool bangers sprinkled in. And then, like you said, um, actually, both of our bangers are, are the only two singles that came out for this, which is kind of funny. But yeah, both of those songs I think are absolute bangers. But the record, it's still meh.
1: Yeah, I would I don't I would I would never go back to it. I mean, I yeah. listen to those songs again, but I would never go back to the record. Um but my number 10 is uh Clockwork Angels. Their last record from 2012. Heavier, louder record, not as gritty as Vapor Trails. Um this is this is this just seems like a f- more focused record. Um and like you said like this is like um like a band that sounds like they're having fun like they just didn't care they just kind of went in the, into the studio and just had a blast and they weren't trying to meet a quota or anything like that and and some like interesting little tidbits about this record too um this is technically their only full concept record they've never put out a concept rec- concept songs and portions of a record but never a full record and so this is the only one that they ever did their final record and they put this record out on Roadrunner Records, so that's maybe why you, you know the heavier thing because Roadrunner is generally heavier bands. Uh, it was produced by Nick Ruscilenses. I don't know how to pronounce his stupid name. He <laughs> does a lot of heavy bands. He's done a lot of heavy bands over the years. Um, he's done corn. He's done a couple of corn records. Um, so I thought that was kind of. I thought that was a cool little connection, and also you know, it kind of leads to them this this kind of heavier sounding riffs and also they wrote an accompany there was an accompanying novel that that went along with the story of this record and it was written by Kevin J Anderson and you probably don't recognize the name but Kevin J Anderson was one of the he wrote a ton of Star Wars books in the 90s like a lot of fucking Star Wars books he was a huge part of the expanded universe the original expanded universe and he was my favorite author of the, of of that era he wrote some of the better books um and he wrote the he wrote this novel, so I thought that was really cool, really cool connection. Kevin J. Anderson, really cool author. Um, so yeah, I like that Star Wars connection. And my banger off this one is Bu2b, or is that how you, or boo 2 <laughs> I
0: don't know. How do you say that? I don't how know. Do you say it? <laughs> I'm not so, a fucking clockwork angels expert.
1: <laughs> so this is my so. this is my banger. Um, it's, it has a, it has like a, a Muse sounding riff, and I know you hate Muse, but their first three four records fucking solid really fucking solid really good heavier riffs on those records and that's what i hear on this song um but it also has this kind of driving rock and roll thing to it with that heavier riff so that's a solid song that's my banger off of clockwork angels so i dig this one um wouldn't buy it on vinyl but um we haven't got to that point yet so what do you got for number nine
0: uh permanent waves this is gonna cause some waves for for some people probably permanent waves their seventh album solid album it is it's a good album it's just yeah. it's a little too synthy already. Already yeah. here, 1980. My God, like they just couldn't fucking wait. Couldn't wait. 1980. Let's <laughs> throw, throw synths in there. Okay, whatever. Um, Natural Science what was the best song here because it it kind of had everything. It just didn't quite rock as hard as I want them to. And there's also just like some synth in here that just didn't fucking need to be there. And that's what bothers me most about Rush, is they they add they add shit that just doesn't need to be there, especially the synth and Getty's vocals at their best. I mean, we'll get it when we get into 2112 and YYZ and stuff like that's them at their best, but like don't add mm-hmm. things that don't need to be there. Like take a page out of Neil's book. Neil doesn't do that. It sounds like he does that, but he doesn't fucking do that. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Whatever The Permanent waves. I just, I don't, I just don't really care for this album. I've had this on the vinyls like three times. It's in my record store currently cause I purchased it for my collection anyway. I just don't. <laughs> I don't care for it. I don't like it.
1: All right. Okay. All right. My number nine is uh, Counterparts, fifteenth record from nineteen ninety three. Wow. This is still an okay record. I, I wouldn't get this on vinyl. Um, wow. This is uh, this is a weird time for the band. There was a lot of tension between Alex and Getty. Getty wanted to use more synth. Alex wanted more guitar. So they've kind of fought, I guess you could say. But with Rush, it's they're just so like they're so. Um, they're so calm. They're like, what, what, what's the word to describe
0: somebody the like Canadian? they're so cal- they're, they're, they're docile, probably, ap- the apologizing Canadian. all the time. Sorry, hey, <laughs> yeah. like, you want more guitar? Hey, oh yeah, hey, you want more synth? Hey, oh, yeah, hey. <laughs> exactly.
1: Yes, that's how. Yes, that's exactly how those conversations went. So when they when I when I see that there was a lot of tension, I feel like it wasn't that bad. Like it didn't result to fistfights or anything like that. Um, but uh, yeah, at this point in 1993, they had just toured with Primus and Pearl Jam and you can hear that influence. You hear that that kind of slower, um, not chuggier, but slower, like grittier guitar tone in, within Alex that you hear in Pearl Jam, which, you know, we don't like Pearl Jam, but you, you, can, you hear that influence on here. Um, yeah, just heavier, crunchier. Neil doesn't really rip it up as much as he used to, but that's fine. Like everybody else kind of makes up for that and he just plays to the groove and that's totally cool too. Getty's bass is super super loud, punchy, heavy, really dig that. Just everything was was heavier here. And um I think that's why I like it. My my banger is Cut to the Chase. Just some really good riffs from Alex, very grunge inspired, you could hear it. And they do it really well. They do the grunge well. They don't they don't do it cheesy like Alice in Chains and Pearl Jam. They actually do it well and, and that's surprising. And um that guitar solo in the song too, it fucking rips. It's a great, great guitar solo from Alex on this song on Cut to the Chase. So number nine, counterparts. Chase. What do you got for okay. number eight?
0: That's fine. You're That's you're allowed fine, dude. you're Whoa. allowed uh, your allowed opinions. A little high. That's okay. <laughs> number eight, Clockwork Angels. Their last That's album. High. Nineteen. But it's like two higher than yours. I know. <laughs> it's not that high. And it is a good album. I know. It I think okay. this yeah, is like fine you know we didn't know it at the time but like this is the best final album that rush ever could have put out because it encompasses every generation of this band without being cheesy about it you have Mm -hmm. everything from like rush's rush all the way up into like uh vapor trails and then because there's the my favorite song headlong flight this is the one what the fuck did you just like Counterparts Counterparts The, the song yeah. Like my banger on this one's Headlong Flight Cause this was um, This was super heavy It was aggressive And it reminded me of just Good 90's grungy alt rock And that's th- It was later in the album So That's kind of like Reminiscent of The 90's era of Rush And I think it was cool Like they made A concept album Both In like theme But then also like musically It like started off And then ended off And it was like Oh here's everything We've ever done as a band And I think this is Um it's sad, but like this is a fucking killer final album. Yeah. Like this is especially being their 19th record in. Dude, this is a killer final right. album. And there's like and there's orchestral stuff here mixed with prog and synth-driven shit mixed, mixed with like hard rock and over the years like I've hated that. But they did it <laughs> well here because that was the point of that specific song. But then the song itself would blend into the next song and the next song would take you on a separate journey throughout their career. It was just it was like watching those cheesy uh, uh, like clip videos, you know, for like TV shows, like like they do a greatest hits mm-hmm. TV like on Seinfeld. And they they mash up oh, all the oh yeah yeah yeah. What do you call those? Yeah. The, what those episodes? Yeah,
1: like, a, like um, I mean like, filler episodes for sure. But yeah. I know what you're talking about.
0: But they just like yeah. it's like a clip art, like a greatest hits clip video or episode. And it's just it's filler, but it kind of like takes you through like where what like where have we been? Where are we now? And that's what Clockwork Every Angels sitcom was. did that too. It was, Every sitcom
1: in the nineties did
0: that. I think like the biggest takeaway for this one for me is I do think Clockwork Angels honestly is better than Permanent Waves. Now 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 we're getting okay. into like the, the better albums of Rush. Not the mm-hmm. best, not the great, but just better albums of Rush. So now things are gonna get a little dicey. I do think Clockwork Angels is better than Permanent Waves. <laughs> Fight me. Okay, Fuck that's off. fine.
1: All right. So my number eight is Permanent Waves seventh album, 1980. This is, um, there's nothing wrong with this record. Really. There's nothing wrong, but seven rush records, you know, so the the next seven rush records are fucking awesome. I don't imagine myself ever listening to more than seven rush records in one sitting. It's just not going to happen. So I'm never going to get permanent waves on vinyl. It's not a bad record. Um, it's just, it's, it's a pretty heavy hitting rock prog record, more rock than prog, um, you could definitely hear that the lead up to moving pictures, the synth, there's a lot more synth on here. Um, not, not more than moving pictures, but then the previous record and, uh, or hemispheres, I think came out before this. Um, and, and just like you, like you said, it doesn't, it doesn't hit the same way that moving pictures, moving pictures does. And maybe it's because we know those songs so well that they don't hit as hard, but, Honestly, when I was listening to Permanent Waves, I just thought I, I should just be listening to Moving Pictures. There's, it's, there's no point. Yep. There's no point to this one. Yep. And it's not a bad record at all. No. It's just, it's I not. don't need it. I just don't need it. Um, My banger is Natural Science, the last song. Dang. Busy as hell. That fucking riff is awesome. The solo is kind of wonky. Love that song. That song is an absolute fucking banger. So that. my number eight is, is Permanent Waves. Okay. So what do you got for seven?
0: Well, here we go, dude. Number seven album of the week, Moving Pictures.
1: <laughs> All right, that's my number seven as well. well good, thank moving God. pictures is my number seven. <laughs> All right. So what
0: do you got for six? Uh here's where here's where Rush Gets Good. I I I'm not gonna get these next couple on, on the on the vinyls, but here's where Rush gets good and I enjoy my listen. Fly by Night. Their second Fly album. By night. Fly <laughs> by Night. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> i i don't i just don't care that much about this album I know you love it uh, i i just i yeah. think it's if you butt it up against like my top five it's it's just not good i mean it's not as good oh. it's nothing special compared to the other ones it doesn't rock as hard as their first even does it it's not as iconic as like moving pictures it's no caresses steel it doesn't have you know twenty one twelve and then I'm just going through my list here. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's it's fine. I, I I like parts, I like parts of the long song because it has some really fucking rad moments. But overall, it's just it's good prog, but it's not Rush's best prog. But okay. I do I do like it because to say like Fly By Night is is my least favorite of their top six is just like everything else after this is fucking good. And even Fly By Night, like I enjoy my listen through of this. It's like, oh, but, you, but you, but you won't keep it on vinyl, right? I've I've had this one twice on vinyl. I purged it twice. Purged it twice. Okay. Purged it twice.
1: All right. So so what is your banger? The title song. Title. Yeah. Part? No. No. Okay. Uh,
0: Bitor. Uh, oh, Bitor. And the. Oh, and the snow. Bitor.
1: Bitor. Bitor. tour Yeah. Bitor. I think. Yeah. And the snow. Yeah. Guy. Good stuff. All right. Um, I have a fun fact about that song too, which I'll bring up later. You well, I don't know about that dude. Uh my number six. This one this one surprised me. I've always really loved this record, but you know, in the context of their seventies their discography, it's one of their it's one of their worst, and it's a farewell to kings. I don't I know a lot of people love this record. I know Primus, you know, have been touring this record, literally playing this record in its entirety. And it is fantastic. I mean, it, it's an absolute banger. Um I just don't feel like one the songs don't hit as hard they were experimenting a lot more on this record with different instruments that they don't normally play. Um, you know, just, I don't want to say exotic instruments cause they're not, but like, you know, Neil's playing like the chimes and, and you know um, what's the, the, the tube drums. What are those things called? Tubular bells. The, the tubular bells. Yeah. So he's playing like all this kind of shit that he doesn't really play that you don't really hear in rush songs prior to this. And um, I think because of that experimentation, It lacks in songwriting a tiny bit, a tiny bit. I still love this record. I have this on vinyl. Um, This is an absolute banger of a record. My banger is Cygnus. Um, This is just a prog masterpiece. Just the way the song builds on itself is just fantastic. It's fantastic. They write incredible prog songs. They really fucking do, and it's a long ass song. And so yeah, Cygnus is my banger on here, and it's a two-parter song. I know the, the the other part of Cygnus is on Hemispheres, but Farewell to Kings is my number six. So what do you got for number five? Go. All right, here's
0: here's where it gets even more tough because my next two I like parts of it. I think parts of it are beyond perfect, but this is not all perfect. Um, Hemispheres, okay. Hemispheres, is my number 5 There's six albums, seventy eight. Um this was kind of similar to twenty one twelve so side a on on hemispheres solid there's a great era of rush, not a ton of Getty, not a lot of vocals they're really they're really going at it, but you listen to hemispheres because Livia estrangeto right that's that's why we're gonna <laughs> pop on hemispheres because side b when Livia estrangeiato yeah. comes in like that dude that song is a shit that is unreal it's a it's a perfect journey of their musicianship everybody is is pulling out all their fucking stops it's like they're trying to they're trying to like, like upstage everybody else, but at the same time they're fucking clicking together in a way that they they just never have. They're sounding like they're sounding like a band. They're sounding like a band that's coming into their own. And and the Via Strangiana man, that's that's like a fan favorite. Like everybody, a lot of people, not yeah, everybody, but a lot of people say like that, that, that is like crazy. their best. It's 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 unreal. But it's that side A. That side A is just not nearly as fucking strong. And that's and why it, but it's, it's
1: not fair It's not fair
0: Well don't don't put <laughs> out something so fucking good on side B Side A is <laughs> not going to follow it And that's why it's number 5
1: Oh shit Okay So wrong but okay uh, My number 5 is uh, Rush's Rush First record from 1974 uh, I, I listened to this record A few times in the past And I always really dug it But this week just there's something about it that just clicked I fucking loved it Um this is their their only album they did with john Retzi on drums and uh, this this overall this record has a more hard rock kind of glam thing going on which is rad there's so much sabbath on here with the heavier riff, riffs um and then there's some like weird not weird but some like ethereal sounding pink floyd kind of th- things going on on this record too it's just they're just wearing their wearing their influences on their sleeve on this record but it's fucking killer. They they do it in in a rush way, and I just I think this album is fucking fantastic. People t- people shit on it, and they're just that's dumb. That's just dumb. It's a really good fucking hard rock record, and um, Rush fans. I I came to realize this week are. They can be very frustrating they could be very very frustrating because um, rush is rush is fantastic so my banger is uh what you're doing this is almost like a metal song with a riff that's just it just it's a fucking sabbath thing it's just it's it sounds so much like tony tony iommi on this one and and really i this song is an absolute banger is what you're doing so okay. rush is rush is my number five what do you got and i don't have this on vinyl but i will get it on vinyl so pretty much everything from my 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 number seven onward, I'm going to get on vinyl if I don't already have it. So, Rush's Rush have to get it.
0: What was your What was your number? Your What was your six?
1: My six was Farewell to Kings, which I already have on vinyl. Oh, yeah, I have Farewell to Kings on vinyl. I don't have Rush's Rush. So, what do you got for number four?
0: Good luck getting one of them uh, Moon record pressings. <laughs> number four. Yeah, getting yeah. That's like a that's like a cool like dream like uh, I know Dave and I both of of our um, what's the name of record store Desert Grooves Records (laughs) both of us are like dying for for? (laughs) (laughs) Desert Grooves Records is dying for a fucking OG Moon pressing of 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 Rush's Rush to come through the door and we're both gonna fight over that one because uh, it's good stuff (laughs) number four top four maybe elite four final four a farewell to Kings their fifth record I think. I think this is like objectively their best stuff they've ever done. This is it. Hmm. They've, they click so perfectly together here. Everything sounds so natural for just like three guys. Each one yeah. of them complimenting and trading turns at being the star. Whenever like Getty's in the front with the bass, then, then like Alex is just kind of doing like, like softer, just harmed on the guitar, and then Niels is driving along. And when Neil's turn is to go, then Getty's just like playing the the bass line, letting it play out, singing a little tiny bit. And then Alex is kind of just noodling over Neil's uh, the drum parts. And I just I think these guys, I think these guys did their best instrumentation here as a whole as an album. Um, and it's fun. And I, like I I will like I do like Sickness. That's that's like my favorite, but. Dude Closer to the Heart Deserves <laughs> Closer to the Heart Deserves more talk Because this is It's under three minutes Yes Right And like There's longer pieces On this album And, and they and they do this Fucking radio friendly song That's Closer to the Heart Which is a solid Fucking song It's such a, it good, is a good song, song. And yeah. I've always Kind of like Thought it was so good Like Closer to the Heart Like it's stupid But honestly It's it's kind of like A, a sigh of relief To be able to follow along So effort, effortlessly to a ballad like this And the melody flows so well It flows better than that Because the way it builds like, dun, 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 It goes up and then it goes down And <laughs> yeah. I just can't believe They did all of this stuff In under three minutes For this band to, to put that constraint on themselves Because it's like 254 And we know they can do long songs well But they've never done yeah. a short song well Except for this one Which is something
1: we're going to talk about on Or I'm, I want to talk about on Moving Pictures On the album of the week how they're able to to do so much in such a little amount of time. I just they're fucking great at it.
0: This is unbelievable. This is the only time they've ever done something under like four minutes that is that is a banger. The song's a banger.
1: It is no, it's a great song. I wouldn't say it's the banger on the record, but it's not the
0: banger on the record, but it deserves to be talked about more rather than just like the pop hit of Farewell to Kings, because it's better True. than that. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Number four. Farewell to Kings.
1: Farewell to Kings. Uh my number four is Hemispheres. From nineteen seventy eight six record. Uh this is almost four songs, you know. Starts with Cygnus, uh ends with uh Lavia Strangiato. Is that how you say it?
0: Yeah, Lavia Strangiato.
1: Yeah. So it starts with an absolute prog banger, ends with arguably one of their best songs. Top four? Top three, top four, maybe top three, top four. Yeah, I would say so. Rush songs right there. Uh the two songs in between, they're fine but I mean, they're good. I don't not they're fine. They're good. But I mean, just they're sandwiched within two absolute prog masterpieces right there. And, um, I th- and, and really the reason why this is as high as it is really is honestly because of Livia that, that that's, that's I mean, unreal.
0: It is unfucking
1: real. It's <laughs> I forget Do how what? good this song is until I fucking throw it on. It's a fucking nine and a half minute instrumental to just to end it. And, I mean, really, the, the song is all over the place too. It's absolutely. The, the riffs are absolute fucking killer. Um, it just has this like this this perfect. This perfect mix of Jimmy Page, Tony Iommi, and in, in that riffage as well. It's in tone, in the songwriting. Just you hear so much of the Sabbath and Zeppelin, but not, not derivative, not ripping it off. It's just it's fucking perfect. So perfect and just th- there's a point in the song too where it drops into this kind of like bluesy jam which they've never done. I even after this record they've never done this kind of bluesy jam thing that eventually just builds back into that main riff just to kind of round it out and god damn dude that it's just an incredible song. Great fucking record. I need I want this on vinyl. I I've seen it I see it every once in a while but it's always like 35 60 dollars. It's always it's always like an older pressing. I'm just, fucked. I don't want to drop that much at that time, so. That's weird. I think uh, yeah, Desert
0: I w- Records has it for twenty dollars.
1: Well, that's yeah, okay. They do probably. Um, so hemispheres. No, we do. It was, it
0: was my copy that I got rid of.
1: <laughs> Should have just given it to me. That's fine. Um, I got rid funny. of it
0: like last week, so you can fuck go, go right, right? So yeah, that's my number four. What do you got for number three? Go. So these two are completely interchangeable. I really th- they they each. I love these two and I, I have one on the, on the vinyls and I really want the other one. I love them in completely different ways. So I almost like want to say this is a tie. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. But I'm putting twenty one twelve at number three, just because i obviously caress of steel is probably, I hope it's your number one, but it's my number one. But just because rush is rush has blew me away this week. So it's a little bit more fresh. That's why it's number two. But dude, they're like interchangeable for sure. But twenty one twelve is my number three right now. I had this in the vinyls. I'm not gonna purge this one. This, uh, dude, this is just wild to even think about. It's a complete rebranding of this band. Like this concept of kind of futuristic meets the dark arts with the the pentagram looking logo and all red. The color scheme. The naked. You see your butt on it on the back cover. <laughs> it's just, yeah. dude. This is a great move by the band. I don't know who came up with all of it and who decided to do all of this. But that is just like you, that whoever that was is like, you're, you're, you're the man that is smart. But then they match it with some great fucking writing. This is really when you realize how amazing Neil was. Cause they'd keep like a four, four time in the beginning and end of a mm-hmm. song or like longer parts, but add like odd time signatures in the middle parts. But like you'd miss it because Neil did such a great job at keeping the groove flowing that he's yeah. doing something quirky and weird But the band's kind of still in 4-4 And so what he's playing Is you know some other fucking 7-8 or 9-13 or, or some other bullshit <laughs> he's trying to fucking do And the band probably doesn't even know They probably don't even realize it yeah. They're just keeping going because he's such a good fucking drummer That he can do these things And then end up the same way And like what the hell just happened And nobody's, nobody's <laughs> the wiser Nobody's the wiser I, I yep, just I couldn't it. even believe it I couldn't even believe How great this album is But 2112 The title track Dude Come on Untouchable Perfect yeah. in every way It's 20 minutes long And I don't even I don't even think It's long enough To be honest Like I don't ever get bored There's, there's so many parts to this They flow so well It tells a story It's like It's like watching Star Wars Man you can do it A thousand fucking times And it's still just as good As the first time you saw it so, Yes yep. But like But like The other side it, it does dip like a little bit So that's why it's not like my number one but it could be number two so but like same with with Livia Strangiato right like how do you write another side of a record that is as good as that how do you write another side of the record that matches everything about 2112
1: you can't yeah you can't because one side's going to be worse than the other like you can't you can't write an an identical song yeah it's just it'd be boring it's impossible exactly it would
0: take away from the other side but then it's like you're also kind of what do you call it like like cutting off your nose to spite your face type of thing it's like no matter what you do you're 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 gonna lose but at least they came out with a with an out with a song and an album and a concept and a, a whole thing i thought it was i thought it was awesome and i love this cover art it's so cool
1: it's a great cover yeah absolutely so 2112 is my number three as well uh i mean you you said a lot of the things that i i was gonna say as well the second side of the record is just phenomenal Or I mean, the the second side of the record is great, but the first side, 2112 side, is just, it's a perfect prog song, 20 minutes long, split up into seven parts. Um, The story is really cool too, just like real quick. It's about a a dystopian future in 2112 where essentially creativity and individualism is banned by, by the government. A guy ends up finding a guitar because there's no music anymore. This guy finds a guitar, brings it to the people who rule the planet, which are these priests or whatever, and they, they end up just destroying it. And by doing that, this man just becomes completely depressed. He ends up killing himself because that was like his only, that was his only form of happiness. So like when he found that guitar, he just every, his whole life changed and it was all completely destroyed. So then, yeah, so then he ends up killing himself at the end of the song. And just the way the song, just the ups and downs of it and just, it's it's an incredible song it's it truly is an incredible song um and an incredible record overall and and like you said you can't it's hard to to say that the second side is bad because it's not at all it's just how can you how can you go up against the 20 minute fucking epic really it's so perfect that. um and also you know kind of a little bit of a backstory too this is their third their fourth record from 19 1976 um, they, they had just toured Caressive Steel, which was a complete failure. Commercially, critically, fans hated the record back then. You know, people stopped going to, the, going to the point where they people stopped going to their shows. Like they were, they were broke. They had no, they had no money. The label was about Mercury Records was about to drop them. And their, their manager went to, went to the label and said, just give these guys one more chance. Please go do that. And, uh, and then we get 2112 fucking 2112 after that. Like this is this is make or break their career, and they come out with fucking this record. it's insane. the story is is crazy, so that's my number three. what do you got
0: for number two number two rush's rush their first album rush is this rush. is okay. uh i mean like like you like you said earlier there's okay, so this is a band that is trying to be Led Zeppelin they are trying to sound like Led Zeppelin, but then at the same time they are also trying to show that they are more than just like a Led Zeppelin. They're more than a Greta Van Fleet. So mm-hmm. there is Sabbath here, there is Floyd here, there's there's psychedelic stuff here, there's harder things here. But I think it was panned and, and, and shit on because it does do there's clear comparisons to Zeppelin. This yeah, is th- the the, the only other band I can think of that rips off Zeppelin more is just oh well, besides Zeppelin themselves is Greta Van Fleet. But this, this <laughs> that's what this is. But it's very hard yeah. rock driven with some blues in there. Lifeson dude shines here and he shows like how great of a guitarist he actually is. Although like their iconic proggy sound is in here, but my God, dude, that guy just fucking like, I that guy gets it. He gets it. All these guys get it, man. Even like Getty, who do. he's always been my, like my least favorite, but fuck man. Getty's just, he's got some great licks too. Holy God, shit. He's an
1: amazing bass player. He's remarkable.
0: Yeah. So I don't know. Dude, rush is rush. I love this record. This, this one, I listened to this one multiple times. I was just, this was fun. I had a good time. I didn't have to like think too much. You, you throw it on and you're like, damn, that was, a, that was a good record. You smile a little bit and you go about your day. I, I love man. the
1: simplicity of the artwork too. Just yeah. like kind of the white bra- background with some of like the black streaks and then the big pink rush.
0: Oh, it's rush so logo ugly, but like I fucking it, love. I love it. Dude, I, I love. love the, that I shit. love bright pink. Anything bright pink, <laughs> like I'll buy it. I'll wear. it. I don't care what it is. I love it. I love it a lot. <laughs> Well, Worky Man, dude Worky Man Dude, that's a hard rock Absolute banger That's This whole album is a banger I don't know It's good stuff Alright, my
1: number two is Fly By Night Second record Fly from 1975 uh, This is uh, definitely a step up In complexity uh, In the complex songs song, More complex songs Because now you have Neil On the drums And obviously he just I mean, he's leaps and bounds Better than what Was it John Rutsey I believe uh, his name was not to say that he, John was a bad drummer because he was great, but Neil is one of the greatest of all time. Yeah. Can't even argue that. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, just so so you 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 still hear a lot of that Zeppelin Sabbath style here, but you you the prog is creeping in. You could hear the prog, the songs are still fairly short, um, but you hear the prog influence, it's coming in. Um, Neil's just with his just his fills his drumming is his it's crazy that neil never got um songwriting credits he got lyric like credit for writing the lyrics and playing the drums but never a songwriting credit but his his drums are so so important to the actual songs that it's just it's a shame it's it's really a shame and and fly by night i i just love how straightforward how straightforward it is and poppy it is at times it's just like this perfect combination of it all it's not too much of one thing and i just and i love the song fly by night the the bang, that, that's my banger the title track fly i love singing night it it's so cheesy it's so much fun and um i don't know fly by night i i really love this record i love the artwork i don't care what anybody fucking says this is the coolest artwork they have of that owl you that think, painting of owl. You think this is cooler than 2112. I love it. Yes. Yes. That's, yes. Yeah, that's just wrong.
0: I'm putting out, that's, that's think, on a list of dumb shit <laughs> says that says it's so wrong. I about. love 100%. I love
1: the album cover. It's it's so it's so like 1970s like Lord of the Rings cartoon. Just so science fiction. It looks like a science fiction like a science fiction book from the from the 70s. It's so of that era and I love it. I love it so much. I love the 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 blues and the grays and the way I just I don't know. I think it's an absolute killer, kind of bad album cover. I just love it, and it's this is just a kind of a quirky record in general of of this era of the band in the '70s. Like, it's a weird transitional record, and 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 I just I love Fly By Night, and I love the song. Fly By Night is it's my second favorite Rush song,
0: hands down. Second okay. second I just, best. I just Rush wrote song. your dumbass thing in our fucking list of things you <laughs> say stupid shit about. No, and th- this is they got Neil, and and this is like Neil's biggest uh, foray into to fantasy lyrics, right? Like it's just it's, this is nothing but Lord of the Rings type lyrics. So I I like I do like the cover art in respect to the lyrics and the concept of the album. I get it, but to think that's it's their best is just silly.
1: Their their best artwork, not their best record or best yeah, song. Well, their best, best artwork.
0: artwork. Yeah, that's silly. That's
1: silly. Mm. No, it's not. It it's is. Not. That's that is. All right. Well so that that just means that both of our number ones are Caress of Steel. Third yeah. rec from nineteen seventy five. Yeah. So on. yeah, what that's, do you got? That's silly you got? boy talk.
0: So I, I will say like Here we go. Caress of Steel. Yeah. So it was like six months ago to a day ago. I don't remember the time frame. Um I was at Uncle Allah's attic record store store. You don't see a lot of Russian stock. It just sells and Chris is still at you he like, hey, is this a good album? You're like, yeah, it's pretty good. I was like, well, let me just fucking check some reviews real quick because Tyler's got some pretty shitty-tasty music because he thinks so. he must have <laughs> all the chord albums. And so I was looking at all the reviews on it, and, like, everybody fucking hates this record. It was just, yeah. like, it was, like, 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 unanimous. This is, like, their worst record. But then, like, we've learned over the years that the best records to buy are the ones that everybody loves or everybody hates. Because the ones everybody hates, like there's a reason everybody hates it. And if you like that one thing that everybody hates, then it becomes like an amazing record. And this is it. (laughs) This is the record that everybody hates because it's so fucking. Not always the case, but sometimes. A lot of the times it's the case. A lot of the times it's the case. I would say it's always the case that if you like that one thing that everybody hates, then you'll love this album. Because it's always like one thing. It's always just one thing. But anyway, Mm -hmm. the the one thing in this album is just, just fucking weird. It's it's bizarre. It's weird and bizarre even for Rush. There's like yeah. at, at one point there's a big drum solo that comes out of nowhere that that Neil does and like everybody just kind of stops and he has a drum solo. Like what the fuck is this? <laughs> it's like true, what do you, yeah. what the, why how? And this record's only a handful of songs, but it's broken down into like parts and it's their most psychedelic sounding. It's their most kind of like doom metal sounding. But then there's also these like kind of like sludgy jazz parts to the album that just sort of sort of swing along. It's very kind of like BT Van colors esque. There's a lot of weird mm. fucking parts to it. And then I was listening to the other night in my garage while I was cleaning the garage and friend of the pod neighbor Phil comes over and it was on the ne- uh, Necromancer and he's like oh yeah this fucking sounds like Bob O'Reilly. You know the the, the Teenage Wasteland that yeah, down, yeah. Down, down. and like it fucking does dude. Like they straight up lift that. and I know it's a common chord progression no way. but it's they play the fucking same. They let the notes ring out the same and it kind of Kind of spoiled it a little bit for me, but damn, the Necromancer's a banger. My favorite song is Bastille Day. This is a fucking amazing, epic song. Something in between like Hendrix and Sabbath kind of thing. It rocks, mm-hmm. it's heavy, it goes someplace, it absolutely rips. The beginning part like, modulates the key a couple times before the song even starts, so you're already kind of getting that weird, quirky, kind of like proggy thing where are like, oh, we know how to fucking play our instruments. We're better than you, and I like it. I give it, I, I, I dig it. The song just gives... This album just gives like zero love from people, and it bothers me. And they shit on it, and it's just completely unwarranted because this is this is their best album. This is their best album.
1: And and I think I think another because I agree with everything everything that you say about this record. And I think the reason why one of the reasons why people or Rush fans don't like this record is because it's too wild. It's 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 than I feel what most Rush fans are used to. Because the prog rush songs are, they are they're, they're, they are prog songs, but they do they're form they're still formulaic. They don't really go outside of the box. They don't do jazzy things. They don't drop into like weird ass like fucking heavier like you said stoner rock psych stuff. They don't do that on twenty one twelve on Farewell to Kings hemispheres. They don't do that on there, and that's fine. But because there was this create there to me this record is one of their most transitional records because this is where they they really decided okay. Well, let's become a fucking prog rock band because Fly By Night, people really responded to the prog stuff that we were doing. So let's make a fucking wild prog rock record, you know. And and they put this out, and people weren't ready for. It. I think it's just people weren't, weren't were not ready for this. And so when you hear Twenty One Twelve, they at that point they had they they took what people liked the most about prog rock and also like the pop the pop rock hard rock scene and threw that into Twenty One Twelve. But honestly, Corrosive Steel is just it's a wild fucking record. It's all over the place, but i love it. I love it for that. Um, And, and like you'd mentioned, you know, you'd asked me about this record and I said, yeah, it's good. And I hadn't, I'd only listened to it a few times over the years and it was good. I've always enjoyed it, but it wasn't until this week when I listened to it three times and I just, or this last two weeks, I listened to it three times and, uh, and yeah, it's just something, something just absolutely clicked with me on here. It, it just has a little bit of everything in the craziest way that rush can do it and my banger is the the 20 minute song the fountain of lamb lamnith or however you pronounce that <laughs> yeah. um it covers the entirety of side b i mean it's just a perfect
0: crazy prog rock song love it just it love was, it so it, it almost seems like like prog bands stick like, like you should formulate is a good word because yes they're technical and yes you know the, the the tempo changes and the time, but they don't change like genres too much. Yeah, they, they, they don't yeah. go from like a like a like a doom metal thing to like a jazzy bit, and they just don't do it that often.
1: Like the only the only band that I would say can 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 kind of compare to this kind of prog at the time would be Yes, because Genesis was doing a lot of like the Renaissance Fair kind of thing. The Jethro Tull was doing the Renaissance Fair kind of styles, but but Yes was doing you know after the first record yes was doing they were doing the throwing classical stuff in there hard rock metal stuff jazz stuff you know i mean listen to the the fragile album that just that yeah. album itself is truly i mean that fragile is a perfect prog record through, but
0: through. it never dude, never gets this heavy this
1: no is, it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't this is heavy that's what
0: people are afraid of
1: yeah. I think that's what people were afraid of because there was too there was too much genre hopping. It wasn't like when you listen, like I said, when you listen to Genesis, and Jethro Tull, like you expect to hear the Renaissance Fair stuff with the prog. But, that's what you but, expect. But with this, it's too much. It's too much for people to kind of wrap like the common folk, I guess, you know, to wrap their head around. Well, I think when we talk and about, it sounds like, so gatekeepy and pretentious. Well, I, well, we
0: folk. talk about like with punk a lot. Like punk is like, like both an ethos and a genre. And this, this, this is both Prague as an ethos and, and a genre. This sounds like Prague music. This sounds like Yes. This sounds like Genesis. This sounds like Jethro. But it's also like like a mindset. This also sounds like Prague because they're blending a lot of fucking things that you normally would not do in music, and it sounds cool. And it, it yeah. they took time to do it, and it sounds great, and it makes sense. You're right. It's good. You're right. When Shitty right, album right. cover. I fucking. I, I think the album cover is terrible. Yeah, but it's it's a,
1: it's a terrible cover. It's so it's so it's muddy. It's not memorable at all. Dude, yeah, I mean, it's I not know memorable. What the
0: fuck it is. At all. I still. I don't know. I, I can be any fucking right album. I don't know what it is. Was it a coin? Is it what? I I, I don't know what it is. I don't know what the fucking album cover is, or the art is.
1: It's a coin. Yeah, but but from what I remember, it was from what I was reading. The the cover was supposed to be like like a silver coin because to represent steel but then they messed up in the pressing plant and they messed up the cover and they made it gold and they never corrected it. Oh, so it was so originally good. supposed to be silver, but it became it came out gold or copper, whatever the
0: color is. It came out ugly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: I, even if it was silver, it would be just as ugly. But but yeah, that, that's that's Caress of Steel, our number one from Rush. And this is good like stuff.
0: one of three albums they've ever done where there's no keys.
1: Yeah, that's true too. Yeah. So, but what were the other ones? That. The first record and then,
0: and then... had to have been Fly By
1: Night, right? And then Vapor Trails. Vapor Trails had no keys on it?
0: Yeah. That was the Shit. one that had the fucking dope opener. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, not till 2002 okay. did they have an album that was completely just a three-piece without keys.
1: <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, Corressive Steel, number one from Rush. So we're going to get into uh, Moving Pictures, arguably their biggest record. Um, so... Stay tuned for that. Go listen to that. Actually, go listen to that. Don't stay tuned. Just go fucking listen. Um, listen. So that's it. That's all.
0: Bye bye